Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian, and with me is giggling Inessa. Uh, did did you did you blink during the? Uh, I tried the not tone? to blink, but okay, when great. you when you make a big fuss about the room tone, that I'd always uh, I know it I makes you to, giggle. It makes me giggle. Yeah. I take room tone very I, very seriously. Yeah. Apparently, okay? we did it once, and I fucked it up by breathing. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's enough of that. Yeah. And right? then Brian like sighed and rolled his eyes and was like, "Oh, we'll do this again." <laughs> I didn't sigh and roll my eyes. Uh, um, Eric von Stroheim, he's the uh, the German director that was uh, just really, really, uh, uh, he's one of many film directors mm-hmm. who... Was an asshole? Yeah, exactly. I'm also thinking of like, like Stanley Kubrick, who quite famously in A Clockwork Orange, um, basically like, like, like scarred um, Malcolm McDowell for life <laughs> with that, you know, the Ludovico technique when they, they've got his eyes propped yeah. open. Uh, yeah, Kubrick did not give a fuck about whether that was comfortable for Malcolm McDowell and Kubrick. You know, he will do 1000 takes of a scene to, to get it just exactly right. And, uh, yeah, uh, like, I don't know. I I don't know what the actual physical injury is that Malcolm McDowell suffered, like a detached retina or some shit. I mean, um, it it was, it was was pretty grim. I can't imagine doing, I mean, I, you know, I've never even, attempted to act in anything but like i can't imagine doing a hundred takes of something and doing it better than like the yeah. third one uh you know, i could see like yeah. you do the first one then they're like hey try this you try this and then they're like yeah. okay well how, how about this but like by four i feel like i'd be like just rope <laughs> <laughs> yeah by four you you don't give a damn yeah and anymore. it would be hard to deliver after four yeah. with sort of a enthusiasm or emotion so no one would me. mistake me for an actor either um i have a theory and hey if this theory is correct then please let me know by uh, writing an email to cerebro at xmenfiles.com that's cerebro at xmenfiles.com my theory is uh, among other things that director or editor wants to have options not necessarily that they keep getting better, but, well, okay, we've got this scene played out 20 different ways, right. and we can we can slice and dice them, or maybe there's just one that has a particular quality. Yeah. That we just, I don't know. Um, I've given the same talk before, mm-hmm. and one of the weirdest experiences that I had, I was at this conference in Scotland two years ago, and I had a talk, and I gave the exact same talk back-to-back. So... It's like, okay, give the talk in front of an audience, and I did, and it went over pretty well. Right. Like, there, there was some funny shit that was, like, funny on purpose, right, right. and, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was great, and I thought, oh, this, ah, fucking nailed it. Yeah. Cool. And then it's like, everybody files out, like, all right, I, I knew that this was going to happen, but it's like, everybody files out, and then another group files in, and like... I gotta do the same like thing again, yeah, with the same amount of uh, and, you know panache. Yeah, yeah. However much panache I brought to it, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty convinced that the second one was really tepid at best. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I absolutely agree. I, I mean, it's a little bit different, obviously, because I'm giving like a 
you know, 60 or 75 minute uh, talk yeah. rather than doing a, you know, like a 10 minute scene thing. or a five yeah, minute yeah, scene yeah, or yeah. something like that. But uh, still, yeah, that, that was rough. Um, how did we start talking? Oh, um, no, I don't remember. Oh, Malcolm McDowell. Right. Yeah. Sucks to be him. Room tone and then Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, yeah. Like how I don't care whether you can breathe when we are recording room right. tone. Exactly. Okay. Much like, yeah. So uh, I'm going to do the issue recap. And if I don't get it right... We're going to do it again. Wow. No, we're not. <laughs> All right. So uh, where do we go here? Uh, I'm excited about this. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, issue recap. Take one. Okay. Give me one of those little clicky things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> the the clacker. Uh, all right. No villains or monsters on the cover, just an odd quasi-BDSM relationship, some questionable fashion choices, and the promise of a love story. Inside, we've got a fairly naked-looking Araro underneath some bedsheets. Turning the page, we see that she's not at all happy. This is to be expected, as she got her powers blasted away from her in issue 185. The man who caused it to happen, Forge, is now offering her some tea. A mild, one-sided argument ensues, but one thing is clear. Araro is bummed the fuck out. Forge uses his virtual reality hologram thingy to reminisce. By the way, this is clearly something wholly unrelated to the binary augmented reality framework that we first saw in Captain America's Civil War. More on that in a moment. All right. In the process, we learn that he's got a great big crush on Araro. Moreover, the mohawk and punk look is totally working on him. <laughs> Araro walks in at the part where Forge pulls her out of the water, and she says that it would have been better to have drowned. Ouch. Meanwhile... Professor X is trying to find Storm using a Cerebro, but having no luck. Nightcrawler wonders whether she's dead, but the prof hopes for the best. The professor starts scanning for Rogue to see if she can lead him to Storm. To lose one mutant may be regarded as a misfortune. To lose two... (laughs) Back at Eagle Plaza, Aurora is slowly coming around. She picks Forge's pocket, so at least she can still do that. She begins to open up about just how badly her life sucks now, and Forge gives some super dickish tough love. That doesn't go over well, so he goes for a swim. Even in the throes of major depression, the allure of an indoor pool is too much for Aro to resist, and she dives in. She easily beats Forge in a race to the other side, where she sees his prosthetic leg in hand. See, Araro? You're not the only person learning to adjust to an injury. She begins to thaw. Ironic, given that her loss of weather control now means that she can feel cold. Back in Mississippi. There's some business with Dr. Cooper, Phil, and some dire wraiths. Creepy body snatching and fighting ensues. Val is about to get gobbled up by a dire wraith when Rogue bursts in. In the course of punching out the wraiths, Rogue absorbs their memories and feels icky. Valerie kills the wraith in the Phil suit and runs away. The Wraith, who's living rent-free in Rogue's head, is loud enough for Professor X to notice, and he dispatches Nightcrawler to give her an assist. Valerie spends a few panels recovering from some truly awful parallel parking. Rogue was in the back seat and causes Valerie to crash. Should have gotten the supplemental coverage from the rental car company, Val. In Dallas, we have a rare instance of Aurora putting on clothes. Mature woman in a prom dress goes over a little too well, and Forge leers at her. Raro opts for something from the Dexy's Midnight Runners collection, and everyone feels a little less horny. Raro 
Araro even lets her mohawk down and enjoys a glass of champagne. More heart-to-heart follows. That, that, that went over well. Good. <laughs> Have it here. Was it the less horny of the Dexter's Midnight Runners? The less okay, horny. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, all right. Things are looking up, and the couple even have a little smooch. Forge talks about doing some research to get Aurora's powers back when the phone rings. Forge takes the call, and we get a narratively convenient but outlandish turn of events when Aurora decides to call Professor X while Forge <laughs> is using the phone. It's a landline, kids. Ask your parents. <laughs> Roro reacts poorly, but understandably, and looks to make an escape. The barf system pulls some battle from Nam, and Aurora falls off a series of platforms. Lightning smashes the door leading to a balcony, where the two leads have a final argument. Loads of insults and reductive personality assessments are shared. Roro hums some Gloria Gaynor and walks off into the rain. <laughs> Okay. All right. A little less, a little less horny. Cool. So there we have it. Uh, this is life death, a um, uh, an issue that gets talked about uh, by the sort of people who would talk about an issue like this. <laughs> what did uh, what, and what, which what includes sort, us, I suppose. I say, what <laughs> sorts of people are those? Uh, the people who look a lot like us. People. Yeah. yeah people. Yeah, we're we're people. I think I think I'm, I'll. I'll go out on a limb and say that I'm a person. <laughs> a person who talks about... A person who talks about comics. Okay. Well, uh, and, and as you, as a person who talks about comics, because am, you are now... Yes, I, I am now a person who talks about comics. <laughs> what, yeah. what do we think? Um, I really like this issue. I always love the ones that have a lot of, like, personal uh, storytelling. Cool. Um, <clears throat> it had a little bit of fighting, too, but not... Yeah. You know, didn't, didn't get sort of taken over. Um, At what point are we going to wonder whether we're the sort of people that enjoy reading comic books? <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't we don't actually we, we don't respond that much to the fighting. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, maybe put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. Uh, you, you looked as though you're about to say something. I else. was thinking. Yeah. So, so um, it's a personal one. Not a lot of fighting. You like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like that. Um, I liked all the colors, you know, yeah. uh, the the the. Art was mm-hmm. neat. Um, the the like the emotionality that that you could see on her, particularly on her when you wrote, you said she she was looking not at all happy. I had actually oh, yeah, yeah. written down catatonic, <laughs> like that yeah. was that where like you know yeah. had like the three frames where it's like scans in Great. on her. Yeah, um, I really love the sort of romantic tension somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to build that in still picture form that that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed it as well. Um, it was one that um, I'd been looking forward to reading, although I was unsure how I was going to react to it. Okay. The first time that I read it, I didn't care for it at all. Okay, this was my. I, I had this written down as a question. Oh, okay. Cool. Wait, the question is: Did I care for it at all? Correct. Or, 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 okay, cool. What did I think of it? As what good? did you think of it? Yeah, as a I, kid? I didn't. I didn't like it. And uh, what's interesting is how I've come full circle with Claremont. Interesting yeah. to me and nobody else on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to yeah, okay. me, I guess nominally. Yeah. yeah. That, that, so I started reading uh, him with, you know, as we know, from issue one thirty eight, and I um, uh, pressed on through there. This is about the time that I'm I'm kind of breaking away uh, from comics generally, but mm-hmm. but also Claremont specifically. Um, and I spent the next 
I don't know how many years, like 20 odd years, just thinking, well, you know, Claremont, well, he was okay, but he was kind of hacky. And rereading this makes me realize that, that, no, he's not at all hacky. Mm -hmm. He's actually, he's really, really great. But um, it's useful in a way to have the memory of like when I thought that he was. Okay, so so we'll start with, we'll start with the title of the issue. Mm -hmm. This is... Where even at like age twelve, because uh, I was twelve, I think when this came out, something like we'll that. say yeah. something like that. Um, I, I kind of roll my eyes a bit. Mm-hmm. Life, death. We need a portmanteau for this, and it, <laughs> it, it comes across. At, so from from the title and the cover, like I'm 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 bracing myself. You know, twelve year old me right. is bracing for some good good S and M material. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, We'll come back to that. But, Definitely um, not going to have the kids listen to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, embracing myself for, for melodrama. It's a little melodramatic, the title. Well, it, yeah. it is. It is. And older now, I'm going to grade that on a curve. Um, and we'll come back to that. We're going to come back to like five things. I hope you're making a list. Narrator, they never came back to them. Are you making a list of the things? No, okay. no we're not. We're not. Um, so, so Life Death... I see that, you know, do we really need, you know, what, what, what's wrong with, what's wrong with the rest of the words in the English language? Right. Now though, I'm like, you know what? I, fine. Whatever. Yeah. The title uh, didn't, I mean, I, I see your point. It didn't it, bother it, me because it, it does, you know, for her, it's like, in a way she feels like she is dead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he also had that. Sorry to interrupt you, sure. but he also had that similar experience. You know, and he's exactly. like further on from yeah. that time, so he's more hopeful. Right. Um, whereas for her, it really feels like she really Very has died, but she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and adult me has no gripe with the title at all. Right. <laughs> yeah, that should be a new word, life death. Uh, okay. Yeah, but th- that's how good it is, <laughs> right? That uh, it, it. All right. Uh, and and the title is is just a useful way to to talk about my, my the differences in my feelings then and yeah, now. Right. The other bit of headwind that I have reading it as a twelve year old is that I still not like Mohawk Storm. Right. Okay. And uh, Storm is a character that I didn't. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I'm. I can't say that I disliked her, although I disliked Mohawk Storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, oh my God, a whole fucking issue with, with Mohawk, Mohawk Storm. And the fact that when Forge says, you know, she became even more beautiful with the new look, this is something that ought not be an impediment as an audience person. But tw- for 12 year old me, like that was a massive speed bump. Right. Like really, <laughs> like like that. You didn't like the character of Mohawk Storm, or like just or like her sort of badassery, and then kind of not, or like you didn't like how she looked. All of the above. All of the above. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but, but I lack the maturity <laughs> that time. So for me, it, it the fact that Forge feels differently than I do mm-hmm. was a problem. Now, I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm laughing as I'm saying this because, right. like, that's an absurd notion. Right, right. You know, to- why Why is it that the characters need to feel exactly the same way that I do? That's that's an immature... Sure, you were a kid. Yep. ...audience. Yep. Uh, what a viewer, reader. Um, it, now, though, so first of all, 
We love Araro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's just a, a fantastic character. She's fascinating. And the emotional journey that she has gone on, that she continues to go on, is something that is clear and compelling to me now in a way that it absolutely was not when I was 11. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, I'm, I was really excited to read this because, like, okay, my, am I going to dislike it? But also... I think the odds are good that I will like it because, like, a double size issue that emphasizes Storm. Right. Yeah, yes, in a relationship all kind of a way. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and now, like, I'm at an age where uh, I, I cannot give a shit if somebody has a mohawk. Right. <laughs> First of all, but, but also, even if I did, like, Forge is not me. Right, right. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what did you. Did you. Okay. Did you have like did you like the sort of romantic aspect of it like was that a thing as a child that you noticed or what what, did i notice that it was a romantic issue yeah oh i mean yes i mean mean, it's right there on the cover right that's the love story was that i'm asking because like one of the things that i read someone had said i was just like scanning around on the internet for thoughts on this issue as i do and someone had said that for him as like a 12 year old boy there weren't a lot of things that were really marketed to kids to boys that age that mm-hmm. were like highly romantic right and so for him it was kind of like a felt a little bit like a breath of fresh air i didn't read it that way okay um sorry i'm chewing on, a, on an ice cube um this is not a professional operation <laughs> yeah you, you terry gross on uh, fresh air she she chews <laughs> yeah, she's always like <laughs> ice cubes exactly she <laughs> actually hear her eating <laughs> she has I, I, this is sucking true. the this last little bit of soda out at, like w h y y studios in philadelphia like she she actually has like like chewing tobacco she, she like spits she does not she does this is true <laughs> terry gross is nasty <laughs> I bring Terry Gross into this. I don't know. Um, uh, Terry Gross, if you're listening. Uh, we, if you're listening, we adore you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fresh Air is awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, um, the romance, I didn't... Um, so a couple of things. Um, number one, yes. However, uh, romantic pairings definitely happen in comics. Yeah. And... I always liked those. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I mean, at this time, I'm probably shipping Rogue and whomever, right? (laughs) I definitely, uh, I'm I'm absolutely pining for Rogue to to have a romantic partner. Because like a major, because like I'm totally crushing on Rogue uh, at at this, as a 12 year old uh, at at this time. Um, But those romantic pairings are, in general, pretty superficial. Right. Uh, really, the example that leaps into my head is, um, and this was a few years prior to this issue, uh, the New Teen Titans uh, was also another early 80s one. That's over at DC, mm-hmm. the Distinguished Competition, written by Marv Wolfman, drawn by George Perez, who is one of my absolute favorite comics artists and i read a bunch of those and they were pretty great shit in your brain what's that you've got a lot of things in your brain <laughs> like you just remember a lot. you said How i've got a lot of shit that? in my yeah, brain yeah like a lot of information it's called me a shithead no i didn't you just have a lot well, it's of not like information i mean you're just like remembering well this is not all that hard to remember anyway, because I, I, like i've got a i've got a teen titans uh, trade paperback yeah. somewhere in this house yeah. i mean whatever like I, I remember george perez uh you know but that name but anyway, anyway. um Here's something I don't remember. 
<laughs> I don't remember the names of like any of the characters, yeah. despite the fact that I read a bunch of those issues like about two years ago. Uh, so whoever the, one of the uh, the uh, the female in the, the the New Teen Titans, she's uh, romantically paired with Robin because Robin is one of the other uh, New Teen Titans. Um, so like like they're they're a couple. They'll talk about like sort of like couplehood, but it is uh, very superficial, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of like oh, okay, this is like they were romantic, right? They were they were forced dyad. Um, hey, briefly, by the way, um, one of my tweets uh, that should have gone viral because nobody follows me on Twitter uh, is like... <laughs> Similarly to how nobody listens to the spot. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, but like dynamite stuff. So first of all, um, I, I said, you know, a force dyad is just as dumb of an idea as midichlorians. I don't even know what that first thing is. I mean, I know what a dyad is. A force is. dyad? Yeah. This is a bullshit that J.J. Abrams tried to pull in Rise of Skywalker. And the fact that um, Kylo Ren and Rey are a Force dyad. Oh. What's a Force dyad? Oh, something. Okay, Force. Do, do, do you know what a Force dyad is? I mean, now... Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I thought you were saying Forced. Forced dyad? <laughs> no, I thought you were saying Forced. Force. Sorry. Dyad. Like two people paired romantically in like an oh, got it, got it, way got it, or something it, yeah. that doesn't kind of work no, no, no. together. No, like the force, like, the like, uh, like in Star Wars. The force, capital F. Yeah. Yeah. So force dyad is just as dumb as midichlorians. Yeah. I mean, maybe even dumber. Nope. <laughs> 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 They're both really fucking stupid. <laughs> but like nobody, nobody wants to uh, hand out the torches to the villagers and storm JJ Abrams mansion. <laughs> In the same way that they will pillory George Lucas for like, oh, medical, he really shit the bed with midichlorians. Well, y- yes, <laughs> but then, but then, like, like he dropped it for the because, despite however he wants to appear, Lork, Lucas does listen to critical and audience responses. Right. Force dyad is is dumb bullshit, and J.J. Abrams ought to be ashamed of himself uh, for that. You ought to you ought to be very proud of a lot of other things. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> which is a point that we made on a previous uh, uh, episode that we we like J.J. Abrams even if he's got a little bit to answer for. I'm going to slide right into like the Last Jedi because I read that Go shit this yeah. week. No, no, no. Uh, we we got to come back to that because people don't want to hear about Star Wars. People don't want to hear us at all. People don't want to hear us what, at what, all. What, I mean, why not? We were talking Let's about, talk about Star Wars. Let's slide back into the issue, and, and maybe if we've got some time at the end, I'll, I'll continue to bitch about the uh, about the the sequels. Yeah. Uh, so romantic. Like, it is romantic. Yes, it, yes. it is a romance comic. Yeah, I like the romance. Weirdly, sometimes, especially when it's a double issue and I don't write the summary, I feel like I should have a lot of really deep stuff to say uh-huh. about the issue. But sometimes I feel like I can't really come up with anything deeper than I really liked the issue. Well, that's cool. I liked yeah. all the romancy stuff and the art was really colorful. I can stop eating ice cubes. <laughs> Which is like... <laughs> doing a podcast with your three-year-old <laughs> like <laughs> i liked it it was really nice i like so, the colors <laughs> so why did you like it well i just liked I it i liked it yeah right. i just liked it um i liked how much i liked how intimate it, it they yes. were intimate their conversation mm. felt very intimate if you know later it got a little aggressive but uh initially they kind of were there like drinking the champagne and all yep. that that felt very very intimate in a way that uh, I don't feel like people in comics always converse. 
Yes, it, 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 it's uh, it's talky, but limited experience. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you're at this point. Your experience is. I mean, your experience is limited to the X Men and Chris Claremont. True. But you but... you you've read a lot of this shit. Okay, I do. I always uh, get the X Men themed uh, clues and crossword puzzles now. That's awesome. Which happens weirdly. Does it really? Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember that. Yeah. Or, or rather, I mean, because I, I, I yeah. being a middle-aged uh, suburban uh, person, I, I do the crossword puzzle every day. Yeah, yeah it comes up uh, from time I to time. I do the jumble. Um, uh, do, do you have it uh, up on your iPad? Because I've got a different issue up on my iPad. And I don't want to. Uh, uh, maybe I do. Let's see. I've got a picture of our cat. That's cool. Here, um, what I was going to do was. Uh, yeah, here. Okay, okay cool, cool, cool. The, uh, it's the end, though. You have to. Oh yeah, the the last page, and I wanted to work this into the uh, the recap, but uh, my, my recap is, is is really jokey, and this wouldn't do it justice. The closing, the closing quote from Aurora is, is pretty awesome. Like, my feet may never leave the ground, but someday I shall fly again. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, it was. I I found yeah. the. Fuck yeah. I found the, if I had written the recap, it would have been like really maudlin and, and morose probably because I, I it, found that, it, you know, I found yeah. the issue to feel that way. The now, reason why the recap was very short is that wasn't like, there's not a whole lot to poke fun at right. <laughs> in this issue. Yeah. I mean, like, unless I just want to be like a, a majorly asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here. So I like this. Uh, page, uh, page 29. Uh, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. This uh, Forge, who is quite a cook, uh, apparently. Uh, what are you, pre- uh, Raro? What are you preparing? It smells delicious, like, uh, like in Forge, curry. But actually, it's not. It's Hydra, and then uh, not Hydra, Hydera. <laughs> uh, so Raro, oh god, Hyderabadi um, Bagan Suji over Chowali. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> you know the dish? Does not everyone? <laughs> It's fucking great. <laughs> I, I, I should have looked that up because I don't even know like what. I, what, yeah, I, I mean, like, like it sounds vaguely Indian. Made up. Uh, yeah. You know, they reference Korean the thing, but like it could be African as well. Uh, but but I'd love to uh, to look that up. Uh, that was great, and, and that was um, it really sold it as a moment of connection. Yeah. Uh, between those two people. Right. Uh, yeah, that whole that whole scene I thought was really cool. So here's another question. Yeah. The end. So she finds out. She picks up the phone. In my head, I guess I thought that she was going to try to, like, that there were, he had, like, multiple lines yes, in his we, house. And oh, he God, was, we you know, wish that was, that were so. She was trying to get a different. Yeah, she needs to dial nine line. before she <laughs> yeah. uh, dials professor. And, and that's, I mean, I've made it clear in the recap. that That's my, my one gripe with this issue is that, really, really, come on, Chris. Yeah. So, yeah. but, like, do you feel like her... You know, she finds out, I guess, she hadn't known that he was the one that created the weapon in the first place. Right. right? So she finds that out. So it was yeah. like, A, should he have told her that right. initially? And B, like, do you feel like her reaction was appropriate? Inappropriate, you know, not yeah. inappropriate. Uh, you know, do you think that she sort of overreacted, appropriately reacted, or, you know, could have, you know, should have even been madder? I, I think maybe all of the above. Um and maybe twelve-year-old me, or like probably nineteen-year-old me, if nineteen-year-old me had gone back and read this, would have said like the, the argument is just a little bit over the top, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you know uh, forty-nine-year-old me says that argument scans well. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not in all of the particulars, but in terms of the emotional place 
Roro is. Yeah. She's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, I am not about to d- develop romantic feelings for a guy who, A, did this to me, but B, probably more importantly, was the sort of person who invented this thing in the first place. Right. Yeah. I mean, the B thing is, I mean, did this to me. Yeah. It's like, okay, it was an accident. There were accidents. Yeah. Accidents it, happened. And yeah. And, and they don't know each other that well. Right. They're, they're on the, uh, they're on the cusp of maybe something. Right. But that's when she said, I don't know this guy. Right. right. Do you think he <laughs> should have told her like initially? Yeah. When she first woke up? Yeah. Like, would it have gone over yeah. there? Yeah. And yeah, it felt kind of deceitful. Yeah, and all of that, it's something that, I think a superficial read of that might say, well, this is just a pretext to have them not pair up. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but that's not it. Right. I, I, I think it actually, to me, comes across as very genuine and reveals so much about what's going on with Forge. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is an inflection point for Araro that is negative. It is something that is an opportunity for Forge, where he realizes, like, like holy, holy shit. Holy shit, right. I, th- yeah, the things that and I make have consequences for real people in the real world, the, not just here in my studio as an idea. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is that that is enmeshed with this romantic opportunity. And he's he's trying to close the loop of like, okay, um, I know how destructive I am, how, mm-hmm. how careless I have been, because I now have something which matters to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I want to move forward, I want to keep this thing that matters, but... How do I do that and reconcile this with her knowledge of right. my, my being? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, to to phrase it and get the uh, the logical sequence just right because it comes across as very very self serving. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Now you want to be a better person? Now that you have basically neutered me? <laughs> well, and now not even yeah. just neutered me, but actually now that you've been caught, like. Not yeah. just that you did this and came clean at the beginning, like, I just, you know, here you are and, right. you know, I'm, I'm um, you know, feeling really terrible about, yeah. you know, how, how I see that this could play out. Yeah. And also, like, you're kind of hot and, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying talking to you and whatever, but like yeah. the, you know, that it, that it feels deceitful because she found out about it in a very contrived but still by chance kind of yeah. a situation. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it all works for me. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll damn it with a bit of faint praise, but in terms of some of the, the, the soap opera-esque nature of, well, gosh, why didn't he just tell her, you know, all of these complications are just because he... Nothing, I'm fine. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Playing with my wedding ring. <laughs> oh, okay, just cool, cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so all these soap operatic uh, um, elements, you know, why didn't he just come clean? And, and the fact that we, the audience, know something that Aurora does not is is something that eventually re- re- gets revealed, and we have this we have this dramatic moment. Um, it, it is no less contrived than Downton Abbey. Yeah, I mean, it's, you da- can say damning that about, it with damning it with faint praise right, here. Right. I mean, you have to act as if the or in thinking about it, if you're going to take the time to sit around and record yeah. a podcast about it. I mean, yeah. it's useful to know the sort of um, I guess behind the scenes stuff or, or why something would be contrived creatively to tell a particular story but you also yeah. have to be willing to talk about the people as if they were 
real people. It's like the Peter, yeah, yeah. Peter and Kitty thing. It's like, you know that they broke up because, yeah. you know, there was an editorial decision made to, to break <laughs> yeah, them yeah, up. But yeah. at the same time, you still have to, you know, they still have to sell it as um, having, you know, evoking real feelings about the people as if the characters as if they were real people. Right. Otherwise, what are we all, what are we all doing here? Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm an actor on uh, Downton Abbey. Uh, I want to, I don't want to be typecast. Right. So I'm going to get killed. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to die in this. Although, although like I'm an actor on Downton Abbey. Um, there are only 20 actors in all of Britain. <laughs> so surely, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if Colin Meany, like if Miles O'Brien can <laughs> just basically uh, stand in front of uh, the offices at BBC or ITV or wherever and just be, uh, you, <laughs> we need, yeah, like having coffee with Bill Nye. <laughs> all right. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, the characters, ha- even though we know that there are these uh, inorganic Right. Elements of narrative, uh, the writer and, and the uh, and the artist still have to have to have to sell right. it. Right. Yeah, we're good. We got we got loads of time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. So I, you said that you're going to do some, you know, as part of our crackerjack uh, uh, research um, <laughs> efforts uh, in the ten minutes uh, when I wasn't when I was almost napping. Um, Barry Windsor Smith. Yes. We're going to come back to that guy legitimately, but um, I, I looked at uh, Real Gentleman of Leisure, and it, it, this is not the first time that he's drawn for the X-Men. He was on issue number 53, a Silver Age. Did you read about this? <laughs> I only read a little bit about it. Okay, so like like the infamous Marvel Girl orgasm issue. <laughs> the thing was Jean like, Grey orgasm issue. I was like, sure, sure. But, like, made a note to write, like, look that one up. But, but I, and so like, like, hang on, I've read that. I don't remember <laughs> that, but I, um... And so that's the issue that I have up right now. So he drew that, and um, I'm going to say that his 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 art there is not indicative of what he's capable of. Right. It, it's it's pretty um pretty 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 rote. It, it's 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 diet Jack Kirby. All right, so we've got this ah here. Yeah. And as I'm looking at issue 53, page four, we have a um, micro mini dress mm-hmm. uh, Marvel girl. Um, with some devices in her brain, and I can't remember what weird fucking experiment is going yeah. on there. But it's weird, weird so, sex things. Yeah. So, all right. So she's she's doing a thing, and then then read her read her description of that. I should read it silently. I will read it silently. Uh, very see. very top, very top. So far, of the so, page. Okay. And so, like, I read this the first time, and like, it just kind of didn't notice. But oh hell yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, hand that back because yeah, we're going to look dead. I don't want to do like the other When Harry Met Sally uh, thing, but like so far so good. Mild tingling sensation. Yeah, yeah. you don't need to read the whole thing. <laughs> internal vibrations beginning to build. And I'm not doing like the stuttering yeah. that she's doing. Yeah, it's a little racy. Ooh, what's this? What was that? Oh, again, one flash after another. <laughs> Later in that same issue, Blastar, who is just this really you know, third-rate Silver Age style villain, uh, and then uh, uh, yeah, uh, Blastar, like I can fly uh, with my own natural. This Blastar, the villain, yeah. my own natural ability to propel myself through space by emitting energy directly from my body. A living rocket aimed at your vitals. <laughs> 
<laughs> a living, a rocket, and a oh, sometimes a cigar. <laughs> Not a cigar. Yeah, racy. When did that come out? Uh, sixties, sixties hmm. thereabouts. Okay. Uh, do you have any? That, that that was the extent of my research. <laughs> I didn't have anything much. I mean, I I wrote down. Um, our our child came down and talked to me about. Legos, Legos for a yeah, while, yeah. so I got a little distracted. That's but, cool. um, that I had written down that question, kind of, how did you did you like the romance stuff as a kid? Um, and then I sort of made a small note about like forges that like feeling that we all have when we like someone, or even with yeah. our kids. You know, when something feels like it's got a lot at stake, when you know we say something that's like even as we're saying it, that we know that it was a stupid thing to say or the wrong thing mm. to say yeah. or whatever. You know, I just made a note about that, but I don't know if that requires like a deep. Nah. Deep uh, <clears throat> introspection. Yep. And that's most of it. That's most of it. Yep. Um, I had one or two final thoughts. Um, you wanted to talk about Barry Windsor Smith. I did. I don't have loads to say. Uh, other than that, his art in this issue is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, very little of his work is available on Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. and that's a shame. He did a lot of work on uh, Conan or Savage sort of Conan, King Conan, whatever the fuck. Right. Um, and it's amazing. Hmm. It's like a 70s era stuff. Uh, where did I have occasion to to thumb through some of that? I Like, I was in a Barnes & Noble, maybe? I don't mm-hmm. know. Or, or, like, at the library or some shit. Mm-hmm. I was at the library on Monday. Hmm. And uh, they have like those reprints, like they're black and white. Right. Um, uh, I want to say the issues themselves may have been black and white as well, but even without the color, just mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a softness and a fluidity to uh, to his work that is uh, just a, an absolute uh, delight yep. to uh, uh, to look at. Yeah, so it's someone criticized in something that I read, like the the drawing of the faces. But I actually thought the faces were very, um, yeah, emotive. You know, very yeah. conveyed a lot of emotion. Yep, I absolutely agree. Uh, like Aurora's face on on, on page two mm-hmm. is uh, something that just conveys a lot. Yeah, yeah, despair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Talked about Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, okay, so yeah, awesome. Um, I, did I want to rant more about The Last Jedi? <laughs> I want to say that I do. No, because I, I, um, okay, you sent me an article, I think it was yes. last week or maybe this week, yes. that, uh, I, I can't remember all that well, um, but, but I love it when there is an actual <laughs> critic who, uh, in an informed, intelligent way, talks about why The Last Jedi sucks. Not just that it sucked and how it sucked, but, but <laughs> just why it sucked. Because I, I do find it difficult to describe it in a way that... that and I, I don't... I'm, I need to get over it that I'm in the minority here. Because it's people one of loved the. It. I, don't, I, I, I don't know that people loved it. So critics, I mean, like I'll, I'll dig it up on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's going to have like a ninety percent or some mm-hmm. shit on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I mean, it made uh, a jillion dollars, mm-hmm. and people that I've spoken to do like it. Yeah, I need to rewatch those three post quills because uh, 
I have a hard time telling them apart as we've discussed. Yeah. And I think yeah. you think that I'm like faking it or whatever, but I, I don't I think don't, that you were yeah, faking like, it. Like I have I a hard time <laughs> telling them apart or yeah, remembering yeah, yeah. what happens yeah. in each individual one. Right. Uh, period. Uh, nothing I mean, that matters. You don't need to remind me, happened. but I'm just saying I need to rewatch yeah. them. Yeah. And, um, I have a particular issue with The Last Jedi because I spent too much time reading the AV Club who is convinced that the only reason why anybody would uh, dislike The Last Jedi is because they are uh, like a reactionary incel fan who can't stand anything woke. <laughs> yeah. And th- that that's just not like... Um, Oh gosh, whatever the uh, uh, the Asian lady's name is, like like she's Rose. the least Rose. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Um, she's the least of my gripes with this movie. Yeah. Although, yeah, the character doesn't make a lot of sense and doesn't really add much. Yeah. But um, and I, this is how bad the Last Jedi is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I a movie where Laura Dern is uh, a, a very feminine leader of a military movement that sounds great yeah, <laughs> that good. sounds awesome that movie. It, it is a it, it is it an absolute yeah. yeah it's a way to like upend w- what we see traditionally even if we have women in those kinds of sci-fi militaristic mm-hmm. uh stories they're they're rendered as stereotypically masculine mm-hmm. which means that they have to be aggressive uh, stoic and tolerant of, uh, of, of whatever and, and hierarchical um so, so just just from the way that she's presented physically, she's an absolute the the antithesis of that. By the way, Star Wars did it before with Mon Mothma. <laughs> so, but I I'd love to see that character richer and right. and fuller. Instead, what we get is this weird Kafka esque. <laughs> person and how she got to be the leader of anything yeah. is an absolute mystery You've to never me seen her before because there's no way yeah. that it was uh yeah i've got a plan cool like i'm a soldier yeah. i will follow orders just just sit down okay cool. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was terrible the other and, and, and that's like maybe in my top five list of uh, gripes about this film um my biggest gripe about the film is just how small it made the Star Wars universe. Mm. Uh, one of the, I mean, it, one of the successes of Lucas's world building is that he has like six characters, right? right? <laughs> Not much more than that, and he's able to sell us or me anyway on the right. idea. That they are a window into uh, a struggle that has a galactic yeah, scale, right? Um, and so, so I believe it, and especially when I was a kid, I saw Return of the Jedi and that 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 battle scene mm-hmm. around the Death Star. Like, Fucking hell, I've never seen. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing this in a in a you know a theater right. th- that has this massive screen. I'm like. Like it's it's this screen is not big enough, man. <laughs> this is a very this high is, stakes thing. The, the stakes, yeah. yes, but also just like like there are so many spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> There's simply like clearly the entire galaxy is involved, and all of the galaxy is is on one of two sides, and this this is going to figure everything out. Right. Even though 
um, the, the, the sentient teddy bears on Endor will be <laughs> a significant factor. Right. But, and, and yes, I was a kid, but like, I was able to believe it. Like, this is, this is really, really huge. Yeah, important. This thing. Yeah. And, uh, there are a lot of kind of tricks that, that Lucas does to get that across. Yeah. Like, like, things move from place to place. Um, so there's a sense of scale. Last Jedi. So, 20, and then at the Imperium, they're not the Empire, whatever yeah, I can't the fuck. Remember what they were called yet. The the New Order. I keep calling them the New Order, but I know that's the name of a band. The Imperial Order, the Resistance, the First Order, I the think. The First Order, yeah. Yeah, the First Order of Business. Right. <laughs> so the First Order of the Business of Selling Movie Tickets. Right. Yeah. So there's like about thirty of those ships, and one of them is really fucking huge and it looked pretty cool. Uh, that like mega star destroyer. There's like 30 of those yeah. and there's like 30 rebel ships and they're chasing each other. And I'm looking at this. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> and then more people. And then, yeah. yeah, like, okay. So we're just going from one place to another place. Like, are the other people like somewhere else? And I get <laughs> it that I'm describing exactly what the end of Return of the Jedi was, but it didn't work. Yeah, it just didn't. Feel, and then at the very it didn't feel end, well, scope possibly because there was the side quest to the casino, right? Where some of the characters, like we're at a casino, and I wanted Finn to like say, you know, there's this whole galactic war going, going on. on right now. <laughs> we really need to get back to that, right? But but also like like what what are you people even doing here? Uh, it, it, like when World War II happened, it felt like it was a world. I wasn't there, and, and I, I don't want to trivialize right, right. it. But I mean, it, people it, like, still like, went about their normal business. But yes, but I, like yeah. everybody was kind of aware of aware it. of it, right? Um, so so the, it, people were just like uh, wholly indifferent to. And I get it that this was deliberate on Johnson's part, which is why I feel like I can say, "Hey, that was a bad choice." Right, right. It's not like me reading it wrong. I don't think. Right. And then at the very end, there are like thirty members of the resistance left. I'm like, uh, how do you right, have maybe another not that movie? Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and exactly. And the, the, the resistance they said like, this was this was in the film. I saw it. <laughs> right. They said, hey, we sent out a bunch of uh, messages to people asking if they wanted to join the resistance, and we got like a bunch of out of office replies. People are. <laughs> People are screening yeah. their calls. <laughs> they actually said they made this part of the narrative. But didn't the people show up at the end or no? I don't remember. Of The Last Jedi? Yeah. No. No. Okay. No. The Last Jedi says, they actually said, uh, it kind of feels like the galaxy doesn't care right. <laughs> that the 30 of us are resisting uh, uh, the, yeah, the order and, of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm watching this. I'm like, well... I mean, why should I'm I not, care? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I'm not certain why I'm invested in this anymore. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, because uh, some seven-year-old who's sweeping out the stalls of some space alien uh, wants to live free someday. I could... I don't want to... Again, I don't want to cheapen it by referring to, like, real stuff. That, like, I could watch a Nelson Mandela biopic. <laughs> Um, it, it, I mean, it, I, sort of emotional connection, yeah, or well, more, and, yeah. and much more so more, because, yeah. like, I, I, I mean, if this is what you're offering me. There's like plenty of real shit, right? <laughs> that I could get back to. Uh, I mean, if that's the message, if the message is stop watching these movies and get invested in the world around you, okay, okay. message received. Cool. But yeah. that's a weird one to come from Star Wars. 
Yep, I think your gripes are legitimate. <laughs> you're 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 not pandering, but you're um. I'm not pandering. You, you you're like you're like the uh, the parent whose four year old gives them a picture made out of crayon. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this is few. No, oh, I mean, thank I, you. I, I love it. I don't have I don't have the same sort of specific complaints, partially <laughs> I, because, like I'm I said, yeah. I don't remember what happens in any of the movies. I remember yeah. Laura Dern's character showing up and there being that like weird Such a waste. Three's Company plot. Oh god, that irritating me. Um, you know, I remember thinking yeah. that some of the characters I would have made different choices. Oh god, in so terms of the casting, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, including Adam Driver. But uh, yeah. you know, I got no, I got, I got no beef with him. I remember loving yeah. Rogue One and, and Rogue One was great. Yeah, being excited about Rogue One you know, was but, great, and and I don't, I don't think I hated um, the Force Awakens, but you know, I think any complaint that it's basically the exact same movie as Star Wars is one hundred percent legitimate. Right. But you know, like, I mean, we went out and saw it at the movie theater together, and and that was sort of fun. You know, and maybe, well, being with you is yeah, fun. yeah. But and you know, I probably <laughs> yeah. unlike you know, I'm not that critical about that yeah. that um, it, that world. So it was like yeah, I saw yeah, it, I watched yeah. it, I enjoyed it, and it was you know, I didn't think that much about it, whatever. But then the 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 second one was like, no, this is like this is actively annoying to me now because right. I the plot is just like this weird thing is not holding up, and yeah, I don't yeah. even really fucking remember what happened in the third one. Oh, the Rise of um, Skywalker. Yeah. I, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, I saw it for about the first half hour. I thought, well, actually, this is kind of fun. Uh, I even I even didn't mind uh, Lando Calrissian at um, uh, Intergalactic Burning Man. I thought yeah. that was uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, not not funny. It was it was like okay, well, whatever. Like we're 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 dialing it back. Just yeah, no, just give me some space opera and uh, and we'll be on with it. Um, Life Death, though, is good stuff. <laughs> it is good stuff. It is good stuff, yeah. Um, I, I have one closer, but I'm, I, I blanked on it, or I had one thing that I wanted to say, but clearly I don't. Brian is not drunk, by the way, in case it seems like maybe he is. I feel like you've had a large, a larger number of... Uh... I just had something and it slipped away from me in this in this maybe, episode. Maybe, maybe I have. Which is like my constant state of existence. So I yeah I yeah you. you're yeah. not drunk either. Yeah, uh, no, I'm I, not I drunk have a glass either. of water. Um, Life Death was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was fun to read. Um, looking, well, I, I already know that the next one, uh, mild spoiler, it's going to kind of drop off. Yeah, <laughs> quality. It's, it's kind of hard happens. to succeed this. Yeah. Um, this issue, but uh, enjoying the hell out of the X Men. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And with that, I think, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.